Coming up today on the Intelligence for Your Life podcast, we're going to share the latest data on what's been happening to people's relationships when they make the decision to look up an old flame on Facebook. Don't miss this story. We'll also tell you about an MIT study that can connect our behavior to the size of our car. We're going to answer the legal question, who gets the dog when a couple breaks up? We'll get expert opinions on how playing fantasy sports can make you smarter and even cure depression. We'll tell you why schools should let kids play the superhero game, why judges are making rulings on dog custody battles, and much more. It's a jam-packed edition of the Intelligence for Your Life podcast. We are sponsored this week by Decode DC. It's the podcast that gives you an honest look at how politics affects your life. I love this because for me, it's uh, coloring books for Washington insider stuff. <laughs> it's, they, they spell it out for me. You need, you need somebody to explain to you like you're five? Well, well, remember, I wasn't sure who POTUS was for a while. <laughs> Don't forget that. Well, so like, this is perfect for me. Here's the thing. There are a lot of, you know, they call them wonks, policy wonks, people that understand what's going on in Washington really well. Mm-hmm. I am not one of those people, but we need to know. And Jimmy Williams is great as the host of Decode DC. Yeah, well, he, he the, what I like about it is he's worked for the Dems and the Republicans, so he is... He's not partisan in how he explains it. Like, this is how this policy is actually going to affect your life is something he says. Not, I don't feel like I'm getting I'm getting a party take from it. I feel like I'm getting actual information. If you would like to decode DC, then just check it out. It's Decode DC, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I-F-Y-L. Intelligence for your life. So we get so many uh, uh, posts and, and emails uh, about any of these relationship piece, pieces that we have, whether it's on, uh, on our show, on the, on the radio show, or on Connie's uh, health show, Intelligence for Your Health. Uh, and and, and uh, just uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Connie really is not a, a Facebook uh, lady. She's not into the whole social media thing, although, although she does tweet a lot uh, at Connie Selica. But uh, so this piece, Con, is something you're going to have to uh, we have to get your feelings on this. But I know that, that this is not going to be a problem for you. You'll find another way to do this. I've really backed into this story. I'm sorry. So <laughs> if, if, if you're in a relationship and you get the urge to look up an old flame on Facebook, as one psychologist puts it in bold letters, uh, caps, don't ever go there. So psych- psychologist Nancy Kalish says most people who look up a lost love don't have bad intentions like to cheat on their partner. But a lot of times that's where it ends up. So Kalish interviewed a thousand people who had at least one face to face encounter with an ex while they were married. Of those people, a shocking 82% of them had extramarital affairs with their exes. Absolutely. And I wow. don't, don't, don't have to do Facebook to understand this. Any encounter with an ex, you know, be it a <laughs> cup of coffee or just running into each other, all you remember are the good things. You don't right. remember why you broke up or any of the bad things. And, and especially if you have, you know, a weak moment, don't do it. I have received phone calls and emails, I will admit it, <laughs> and I refuse to engage. Wow. Uh, you we, say, we you say that like, like Blanche Dubois. I have many gentlemen callers. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm old, so there have been, you know, encounters, but mm-hmm. were attempts. We need to have and, a little offline conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. This is my first time hearing this. It is not. Yeah, I right. have told you about every single one. Well, the thing, and I, the reason I'm laughing is we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I, I want to stay with the data here. Dr. Kaler says half the people who've done this are are in happy marriages. So she says connecting See? with yeah, she says connecting with an old flame can be very emotional. Takes you back to another time in your life, like you were saying, Con. Many people crave the good old days, especially dangerous for people connecting with the first love because it's especially dangerous for people. Um, their uh, young relationships uh, may have ended due to external forces like. 
uh, going away to college or their parents broke them up, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than the relationship turning mm-hmm. sour. So that's been breaking up relationships. And the reason I go ahead, Gibson. and you, to your point, you always look back on it with rose colored glasses exactly. and you go, oh, that was so great. And you don't think about all of the baggage that would have happened if you'd been there with that person for 20 years. Yeah. And here's, a, here's an important statistic out of 1,600 people who cheated with an ex, only 5% ended up in a lasting relationship with them. For the majority, it just messed up their and ruined their current relationship. Relationship. The reason I was la- laughing is because I don't have to worry about you on Facebook. Your your exes show up. We were at a restaurant <laughs> well, two see, nights ago. Yes, that's and true. And another one showed up. <laughs> and you well, knew about that? I did. Well, yeah, because you're standing right there. They're all over the place. Well, you. That's know. what you get when you've dated a lot of prominent men. <laughs> <laughs> in the city that you continue to live in. Do you remember when we rented the beach house for yes. a, couple, a couple of weeks? Yeah. And every single one day, every ex, it was like four of them. It was like a bar. It was your, like a your, reunion barbecue. The only one who didn't show up was your dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, yeah. But you know reunion the most, barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting uh, part of what you read is that most of these people are in happy marriages. Yeah. That yeah. get tempted to meet up with or engage or they with see, or they ex. look at it as a totally innocuous thing right and exactly it, it sneaks up on back up. it sneaks up on sneaks up it's a hole exactly. that gets in which i totally think is fair it's a it's a it's like an emotional hole that gets plugged by this thing that you didn't even know was there and that's that's why it's really dangerous <laughs> here is a story that i think that uh that we can really attribute to or we can at least see uh connie in this uh gib it turns out that our behavior experts are now saying is affected by more than just our mood how well we slept or if we've eaten recently, in my case, uh, here's something that really influences your behavior. It is, ready for it, the size of your car. So a study at MIT found that drivers of large vehicles like SUVs are more likely to drive aggressively and park illegally compared to drivers of compact cars because big vehicles take up more space. Taking up space, whether we're standing tall or in a giant car, makes us feel more confident, important, and powerful. Like the rules don't apply to us. I don't really even have a car anymore. Gib has a Prius. Connie has the largest car you've ever seen in your life. And, and I only park in the compact spaces when there's nothing else left. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, that's not true. Secondly, that's not an option. That means that there is no spot for you. You have to park in a different parking lot. As a compact car driver who sees SUVs parking and, and makes it so I cannot park in a compact spot, I, am, I get very annoyed with it. But this happened to me this morning. I was pulling in the gym, and this guy came flying up the ramp parked into a, in a, into a small spot in an SUV, in a big, it was a very nice SUV. It was a very wealthy man, clearly. And uh, he just came barging in. And uh, then I put up more weight than him in the weight room, and I felt better there about you myself. Yeah, that's, what you, that's why I want to tell a story. My issue is I that's just exactly feel... That's exactly why. <laughs> that you went to the gym. My issue is I just feel safer in a larger car. And we proved that I was safer about a year ago when I was hit by that white truck and my, I was trapped in my vehicle. The size of my car, the quality of yeah, my car, yeah. saved my life. I agree. I was not hurt. I agree, agree. But you also like to sit, this is very much like your personality, you like to sit as high as possible too. You, I do. You, yeah. I like the view from above. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have these, this is very, this, what you're doing is not actually contradicting the point. You are really making the point. You drive the big SUV, you like to sit above, and that is definitely a part of your personality. But I abide by the rules. <laughs> She's abiding now again. <laughs> you abide by your own code, and those rules you definitely abide by very, very strictly. Those rules do not necessarily apply to everybody else all the time. What do I do wrong? All right, here we go. Uh, okay, well, if you want to get in, it's fine. You have one speed. You drive one speed. Right, and whether you're not are, too fast, and it's not well, too it's not, slow. It's not, it's not one speed, Gib. It's one. It's one angle of her foot. 
one angle of her foot. But it's keeps... not too fast and it's not too slow. So I would disagree with that. I would say on canyon roads, it is way too fast. And on the highway, it is way too slow. <laughs> and, I, and that speed, it's, it's like 45, 50 miles an hour. And you drive like that on the highway. And you drive like that on, on mountain <laughs> that's roads. So true. It's so and true. That's, that's, it's fixed. It's, so it's like, true. yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. And, and uh, I, I, boy, when, when somebody blocks our driveway and we're trying to get in there, uh-huh. she will let them have it. I mean, Which, it, yeah. it just, you know, it's, it's a whole bunch of Italian uh, hand I'm signals. Just Asking them to follow the rules. Right. You're not there supposed to block an there intersection. I'm pointing it out to them. So yeah, so the size of a car can definitely predict your person, <laughs> your personality. The other thing that can predict your personality in a car is whether or not you have those, um, uh, your name or something on the license. What they call vanity plates. Vanity plates. Yeah. Vanity plates. People who have like you know like like uh, you know madman or or roadster guy or something like that. Those people drive or more aggressively. Teshi. Yeah, exactly. I don't have that. I don't, I don't we have that. We took that off of his I don't, I don't, Gosh, you guys are terrible. Yeah. Oh, which is surprising because those are much easier to remember than like B684279. Right. It's a lot right. easier to remember right. Teshi. Right. Right. And, and so you, Stop it. <laughs> somebody out there is driving around with a Teshi car and they're going, oh, man. But no, that, that, you're, that seems sort of counterintuitive, right? If you have a very memorable license plate, right. yeah. you think that those people would drive the most safely. Yeah, but you think of your car as a, as a as a part of your personality. Right. So if somebody cuts you right. off, you cut them off their personality. That's how that's that's how that, that that's how that works. Intelligence for your life. Let's segue into uh, a piece on intelligence for your pets. Now, here's the question, and uh, Connie, you and I have both been through divorces, and we've been and we've been married for uh, for 25 years now. We're in our 25th years, for 25th year. But here's the question: Who gets the dog in a divorce now? This is a. I le- do. This is <laughs> okay. Thank you. This Whoever is a, has the best lawyer. This is the latest legal drama in courthouses everywhere, and I and I, I want you guys to uh, message us about this if you're going through this. Even though most owners consider pets to be a part of the family, in the eyes of the law, pets right now are still property, just like a car or a TV. So you have to come up with proof that you own the pet, and here are some things that can help your case. Okay, and then we'll get our legal panel here to have a conversation. First, you should uh, you should gather all the vet records because if a couple is listed as co-owners, the judge might want to see proof of who's paid the vet bills to determine who can afford to take care of the pet. Wow. More importantly, who took the pet to the vet? That's more. Oh, there important. you go. Okay, you have you and, I'm, and with you, all the documents you have, yeah, you would definitely get Lucy the dog. Another document to prove you own a pet: microchip records. They show you're committed to the pet's well-being. If both parties uh, can prove shared involvement, then it's up to the judge. So uh, they might be awarded shared custody, visitation, pet support payments are being issued. But because these cases are still new, some judges look at more criteria to make make their ruling. Uh, okay, that, yeah. this can backfire, as you know. How? how? You want custody of your cats. Yeah, in your I did. When, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And then yeah. what happened? Well, then you were afraid of cats. Yeah, I'm afraid of cats. So the cats ended up in in in, in a in a home for wayward cats. Yeah, they, were, they, were, you, they went to one of your friends yeah, who Chris, took care yeah, of the Chris, cats. Chris you got Chandler to see them. So you got yeah. to see them. Yeah. 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 So right. I just can't live with cats. It's a fear. <laughs> so <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein taking it personally. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. No, I think that was uh, Andrew Lloyd Rogers. Okay. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But my, good joke. My anyway. mistake. No. <laughs> we got it. We got you it. still got the joke, though, yeah. That's really good. So uh, the experts are saying to... to uh, preempt a pet custody battle you may want to draw up a document like a prenup for your pet now these things actually uh, they exist prenups for pets uh, so go to our our friend uh, bob shapiro started this site right legal zoom or yeah. yeah and so on legal zoom they have a pet custody agreement that's legally binding pet support payments is really is really the crazy part about this because 
a judge telling you, ah, you, you had co- I, I understand actually sharing the dog, and I know some people who have done that. And what ends up happening usually, and this is sad, is after a little while, uh, they get tired of it, and they just end up making a decision and go, okay, fine, you get the dog. So right now, and, and, and this is actually, this is something, Connie, I think you and I can agree on this. We don't understand this. But right now, and it continues to grow, one in seven North Americans, men and women, they regularly play fantasy sports. And I can only imagine how many people were doing this at the, at the Super Bowl or, or however that worked out. So here's why you should encourage your partner's fantasy sports habit and maybe even join in yourself. So you can, you can give this to your, to your wife. Give. Wait, I have no desire for my wife to join in my fantasy sports, but okay. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to find out why. Apparently, it's very good for your mental and physical health. So uh, first of all, fantasy sports lowers your risk for depression, according to Virginia Commonwealth. They found that while a lot of people are drawn to fantasy sports for the potential of winning money in the sense of competition, Another big draw is camaraderie. Yeah, so being exactly. part of the league increases feelings of, uh, of connection. I wouldn't even know how to, to do this. And studies show that the more social connections we have, the lower our risk for everything from infections to heart disease. But it's also good for your brain, fantasy sports. A lot of math involved, a lot of statistics. A neuroscientist at the University of Rochester, Renee Miller, says people who play those fantasy sports, they do tend to be risk takers, which means a sports enthusiast also get uh, a burst of uh, dopamine, the feel-good uh, hormone. I understand the benefits of the social interaction when it comes to these fantasy sports, but it can, like anything else, be, you know, taken overboard. You know, yeah, there are people that are obsessed. Time, obsessed. I've seen it. I've seen some Who guys seen? obsessed. Jeff Terry, <gasps> obsessed. Oh yeah. And oh, I is don't he really? Know, yeah. Because he seems like he's so together. Well, see, there you have it. Oh my gosh. But, um, also, are, th- are we betting on these? Well, there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's a couple different kinds. So most leagues, most leagues are a group of friends, guy friends, and, and they're and sort of satellite friends around those, around one core group of friends. And they, uh, they all put money into a pot at the beginning of the season, and the winner takes the pot, basically. Um, that, that's how it normally goes. In my fantasy league, we all agree that we all go out to a steak dinner at the end of the season, and the winner doesn't pay. Everybody else splits the bill except okay. for the winner. That's how we do it. Um, and I love it, but it is guy time. We, we ha- we've had women in the league and we end up kicking them out <gasps> because we, it does not work the same. It is, it is, it's not meant to be, it, it is a small group of guys who are using, who are, who are sending emails back and forth and talking smack. And it is a great way. It's a great thing to bond over. And I like having that space be my space away from my wife, um, with just a bunch of guys doing that, doing that thing. Do you get the eye roll or does she understand it? She, well, most of the guys in the group are her uncles, so she understands. Oh, it. that's cool. Yeah. yeah so, so great. it's it's sort of her family, but but it's just the guys in her family. And have, have you seen it go too far? Oh, absolutely. I've gotten emails from from my grandfather in law, my wife's grandfather, right. uh, who is the he is like the boss of the league. Right. You need to tone it down. It's a little too much. <laughs> wow. We're all family here. Right. And is there is there money involved in yours? It's it's a it's a big. It's we have a big dinner. party. Oh, yeah. a oh, big right, dinner, right, right. And, yeah, yeah. and the yeah, winner yeah. doesn't pay. Wow. Wow. Maybe we should get into this kind. I mean, nope. kind of, not in my you, league. You can get your own. But can you? Are there other? Because I don't really. I mean, even though I worked in sports for twelve years, I don't really understand the whole the, the, how it works. But can I, can we do it for anything? Like for lacrosse? Can we do? I, I you you might be the only fantasy lacrosse player <laughs> in the world. Oh, come on, lacrosse! My fellow lacrosse players, rise up against yeah. Give. Let's yeah, go. Good let's, luck. Let's Enjoy go. the one fantasy lacrosse league. I intend to. So, guys, I want to get your take on this because it's uh, it's really important, and this takes uh, uh, Connie and I back to the halcyon days of our youth when we played uh, tag and dodgeball and everything. But apparently, <laughs> Gibbs, schools across the country are banning playground games like tag and dodgeball, and they're banning roughhousing and what's known as 
superhero play? I'm, I'm assuming that's just uh, kids putting on capes and jumping around pretending they're superheroes. Which is kind of a bummer. My, my daughter literally dresses like Superman before school. Yeah, yeah, I take her to school. She's dre- she dresses like Superman. So the thinking uh, the thinking is that playing uh, rubber can girl. Can I correct that and say Superwoman? Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she doesn't care. The thinking is that playing rough is going to make kids more aggressive and antisocial. But psych- psychological research is showing that aggressive physical play is not only good exercise; it's good for kids developmentally because it teaches kids to communicate, to follow rules, how to win or lose, and how to test their strength without hurting themselves or others. This well, is from- as long as they don't hurt themselves or others while they're doing that how do but, we but know they, that they won't but isn't that the thing of of you don't let, don't don't make kids wear helmets let them hit their heads a couple of times at home so they they, they can realize what their limits are right i'm not sure i'm agreeing with this <laughs> but ha- you just don't want to ha- be sued having raised the other person in this room and right? seen that um, right. i tried Things like keeping guns, toy guns, away from him. Uh-huh. So he took a piece of celery and turned it into a gun. So I think the- it sounds like an automatic weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would have taken that away from play. him too. It's remarkably high in fiber. I mean, <laughs> Smith and Wesson does not make such a high fiber gun as so, I invented. Uh, all that to say, I do think there has to be an outlet of some kind. But right. Um, right. I don't think you can regulate whether they're going to hurt themselves or not when they're playing. Because well, you, it's but, a designated time to do it doesn't mean they're not going to get hurt. But they, so did they have to? Did, did you find this to be true in your life? Did they have dodgeball? Did they make you dodge, play dodgeball in the Bronx? I would get hurt doing any of that. I played, you know, pitch the penny against. The <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere between making kids bleed on the playground and pitch the penny is. Is good parenting and, and good development. That's an actual game, Pitch the Penny? Oh, are you kidding? Yes. Oh, sorry. We spent okay. a lot of time pitching pennies against the side of a building, and you make it hit there, and whoever gets closest I, to the I ball. have two very different daughters, and my oldest daughter is the superhero uh, dodgeball player. And I love my younger her. daughter is definitely the Pitch the Penny God, player. I love her, too. <laughs> but you, but you, you let your kids roughhouse, right? I, I roughhouse with my kids. I hurt them. I throw them around. I throw them onto, you know, I throw them onto pillows and, and stuff. And, and uh, we, we definitely go too far sometimes. And, and there's bruised knees and they cry, but it's fun. We have a good time and they learn, they learn about themselves. So the, the point from uh, Virginia Postrel from Bloomberg View is that in, in her study is that some kids will get too aggressive. They're the ones, though, that need the feedback the most. I started to learn discipline and how to properly express themselves. And didn't, uh, when you were a kid, didn't um, somebody express themselves by biting you? Who was that, Chris Burke? Um, other way around. Oh, you, I, oh, you I bit him? him. Oh, sorry. Uh, I remember that. And, and then we were, you know, we, that, yeah. best men in each other's weddings. So <laughs> it, things, things change eventually. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, good to, it's good to have those limits. It's not, but I don't think you should let kids bite each other. That just was a... So, so, so Khan, do you think they should, uh, the, the school should be supported in banning these playground games and uh, dodged up ball and roughhousing? Well, you said something about feedback. Who's giving the feedback? The other kids, the other kids are giving the feedback. The teachers are giving the feedback. You've got context. You know, a lot of psychologists believe that the sports that we play, the reason why sports have taken off in human culture, is because it allows us to express the kind of dominance and um, the show off our physical behavior without ramming our heads into each other the way that goats and rams literally ram their heads right, into each other. Right, so right. now we do it on the football field. And it is—it's like a, a, a display of dominance and, and mating and, and 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 development that we use sports to do. You're and, assuming I approve of football. Well, it's not just football. You seem pretty—you pre- seem pretty interested in it the other day when we were watching the Super Bowl. Any yeah, sport. but what did I do while we were watching? Ow, his neck! 
he's yeah, gonna break yeah, his well, neck. Well, you also went and you. I don't want to send us left field here, but you also went and you searched everything about about uh, uh, Tom Brady. And, and, and I think there's a lot like, of American women that yeah. searched everything they could about Tom Brady on Sunday night. I was going a different way, but let's not get into that. Yeah, she's, she's mad at him. But, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, but yes, it sounds to me like there are some benefits to right. allowing the roughhousing to take place. But it, it, when you say, should it be banned from the playground? I guess we're saying not if it's supervised. If it's right. supervised, um, they need some of it. Okay. All right, let's let, let's leave it there. And, and you guys, I'm sure you have a, an opinion on this. This was a hot button the first time we started talking about this. Uh, Facebook.com/slash John Tesh. Connie, I think that uh, I think you're going to love this. Uh, you know, for those of you who, who haven't been following along on the television show, uh, my name's John Tesh. Uh, my wife is Connie Selica, who's right next to me here, and uh, her son is uh, Gib Gerard. Actually, he's my son too. But I joined him in progress at nine years old, uh, so I, I'm officially his stepdad. But she's the grandmother to his. Three kids. That's how that and works. And they're all five years <laughs> and, 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 and younger. And now, Con, listen, granny pod, we're going to get you a granny pod so you don't have to drive all no, the way no, across. No, we're not going to yeah, do this. Okay, so it's, I'm going to tell you what it is, gran- uh, Granny Connie. It's a huge business. It's a prefabricated bungalow. Everybody who's listening to this is going to want this. It's 12 by 24 feet or about the size of a single car garage. Easily fits into Gibbs' backyard. Oh. Granny pods include high-tech safety features like emergency call buttons and defibrillators. Help, I've fallen. I can't get it. You <laughs> no, see, no, you can no, shock no. yourself. Okay, there's also cushioned floors to minimize injuries from falls. This is like, I need this. In fact, the floor is so safe, you could drop a raw egg from 18 inches and it wouldn't break. And they, and they come with lighted floorboards for obvious reasons. They have a camera system linked to a smartphone app so you can check in, make sure uh, Connie is safe. They're between $60,000 and $125,000, but hey. Uh, you, you can you can think of all the savings on gas driving it's, to my but, house. But it's comparable to what nursing homes can cost for a year. No, 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 no. I will be inside the house. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I and my room will be a little larger than twelve by twenty. If that if this is an option then I would actually prefer this as long as there's a lock from the outside. <laughs> Whoa. So ba- basically what you just described is a padded cell I could keep her in. And I've been asking authorities to do that for 30 years. Well, let me ask a question. Yeah. Where, where is he going to be? Who, as me? I point to Oh, John. me? I think me? these are designed uh, for, yeah. the, for the widow and widower uh, grand, grandparent we're, lifestyle. We're, we're, for 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 uh, for the illustration, we're killing me off. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but with some of those amenities, why couldn't you both stay in there? It wow. sounds small. Yeah, yeah it does. Small. Yeah, it is small. That's why it's it is small. It's, it's twelve a, it's, by twenty four feet. It's not Granny Mance. It it's sounds, Granny Pod. Okay, it sounds nice for a place for Granny to get away. <laughs> For a few minutes, an hour to take a nap or something uh-huh. while uh-huh. during the day, but not to live. Well, so here, here's I think here's part of the thing. I think I think that uh, with with the way that home prices are going and with the way that incomes are going, it's harder and harder to buy those larger houses where you can have a wing for right, your right, for right, your right. for your parent or or that extra bedroom. So we're coming up with all of these ways with these pods. The she sheds, the granny pods of putting that stuff that you used to be able to buy a house that would have that in, and we're we're sort of making these uh, annexable. They're little annexes. Annexable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I worked on that word for a while. I just lo- I just love the. I can't wait to see the picture of the of the giant yellow extension cord coming out of your bedroom <laughs> gift out to the backyard. And, and you know, it's, it. I mean, it's twelve by twenty four feet. So, and and I'm six foot six, and Connie, you're five ten. So that doesn't leave much room for all my keyboards and, you guys and wires and stuff. Don't sleep head to foot. <laughs> it's not like you have. We'll have to sleep on top of each other. We'll have to stack ourselves, right? Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. 
Well, you're, you're As my face turns red. <laughs> uh, it's a podcast. You can say anything you want. <laughs> so and so, um, I, I think we're getting. Oh, do you, oh, you have to? Because oh, uh, you're great at assembling. You can assemble it. Because I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. As long it, as it comes with one and- <laughs> specially fitted Allen wrench. <laughs> you do everything with. So check them out. They're they're the Granny Pods, and we'll send you probably probably take us two weeks to put this thing together because because I, I have a special surprise. I already ordered one. Oh <laughs> gosh! And so when we come to visit, we can be right there in your backyard, and the kids can use it for a dollhouse when we're not there. But we're going to be there a lot. But then you're going to have it full of kid stuff. The whole point of it is to is to be an oasis at my home. Yeah, that's true. So it's 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 the Granny Pod. Since we're talking about um, about grandmas and, and grandpas, um, there there's a tattoo trend, Connie, because you know you you I have uh, I have Connie's name, her real name, Conchetta, tattooed on my on my forearm, uh, inside of my forearm, my right forearm. But I really want uh, and that would be called a uh, grandpa uh, tattoo. Well, right? yes, but there's another way. Uh, the, the, the millennials, so Gib and his kind and younger and Prima, they're getting these things called grandpa tattoos. They're classic looking tattoos from 1940s and, and 50s. Oh, that's different than a grandpa when, having a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What and this mean. reminded me of this. You know, we we, we just went to uh, the wake of, uh, of of Billy Cat's mom, Barbara Hale, who was in Perry Mason and was in all these movies uh, with very very famous actors. And, and Billy was on The Greatest American Hero with you. And I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her hairstyle, right? And I'm thinking... Oh my gosh! It reminds me so much of the '40s and '50s. Well, and she was absolutely right. gorgeous, and that's and that's when that's what these millennials. I'll get give the way in here too. What they're loving. So military men and motorcycle riders were the only ones that got inked back in the '40s and '50s. Yeah. So now what you're seeing, Con, is these regimental crests. So numbers representing military units. Pinup girls. Remember uh, the pinup girls? Yes. So yeah. anchors and and birds like eagles and swallows and bluebirds. Yeah, swallows have, are those very angular birds. They're a very popular oh, okay. bird in, yeah, that you yeah, see in, yeah. uh, in in classic American tattoos. So apparently millennials are very much, we know this, they're into record players and records and pocket watches and, and monocles uh, <laughs> and handlebar mustaches. And now it's, and now it's these it's called the grandpa tattoos. I think, and I, I You both have ink. We do yes, have, but, yeah. I, but I was thinking that maybe because I want you to approve the ink that would go uh, on me. Um, is that maybe? Do you remember when you got that first one? We said one will be enough. Well, yeah, I know, but so one uh, is never enough. It, but but I, but I'm thinking that maybe it's a um, like a martini glass with a with with you spilling out of it. I don't think so. Like that's that's good. But so that, that's actually such a popular thing that if you, I, I love tattoos, and if I wasn't, if I didn't do television, if I if I didn't do movies and stuff, I would be probably tattooed from my neck all the way down to my feet. Yeah. I you love know the tattoos. one the tattoo I do like. Is when you see a young man and has mom tattooed. Okay. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would that would start a whole new session with our couples therapist if I did that. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I do loving it, and I, and I would get it done uh, a lot more. I actually one of the things I do is I go to tattoo parlor websites, and I look through the tattoos and see what artists I would get, and just sort of you know uh, window shopping for for tattoos. But one of the things that they tell you now is if the tattoo parlor specializes in classic Americana tattoos, and that's what you're describing, are the military tattoos, the classic pinups, those logos. Right. That, yeah. That's, all, that's, yeah. a, that's a distinct style. Yeah. yeah, please send us a picture of your, uh, of your grandpa tattoo. But I do want to warn people, if you're not in the 101st Airborne, right. do not get a 101st Airborne <laughs> tattoo. Somebody eventually is going to call you on that, and you are going to look really foolish at the bar. It's like, oh, so I was in the 101st Airborne. I didn't know you were there. Uh, right, yes, yeah, screaming eagles. And then you look like an idiot. 
Hey, if you've listened to our radio show before, then you know that uh, our best friends in the snacking department, weight loss department, are our friends at, uh, at Slim Fast, and they love to throw parties. They really do. And I've been to a couple of their parties, but they are teaming up with OK Magazine, and they are going to throw a pre-party for the Grammys this week. So it's coming up right now. It's this Thursday. Yeah, and if you want to go, they're letting us give away two tickets. All you have to do is email, write this down. Or, or rewind it and listen to it a couple of times, <laughs> uh, email us at uh, viptickets at teshmedia.com. It's all one word, viptickets at teshmedia.com. And we're going to select one person at random to receive two tickets to this incredible Inside the Grammys Grammy party. But do it now, because the party is February 9th at the Avalon in Hollywood. If you've ever been there, I've seen a bunch of concerts there. It's an amazing venue. It's gorgeous. We, the E.T. E. Christmas party was there when I was a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's 9 yeah. p.m. on, on uh, or at 7 p.m. at this Thursday, February 9th at the Avalon. JoJo's going to be there. You'll get to walk the red carpet. This is really, really a cool inside thing that we have access it's to. It's worth it just to uh, to walk the red carpet with uh, with a little SlimFast snack in your, uh, in, your in, in your head yeah. free v- a vip access to the slim fast snack table plus you're gonna get to w- walk the red carpet you're gonna see a private show from jojo uh just really really unbelievable access and don't forget okay magazine with our friend kevin heisen that's all they do is interview celebrities so there's gonna be all kinds of people there you're gonna be able to meet and take selfies with so again if you would like to win tickets to this red carpet event this pre grammy event just vip tickets at teshmedia.com just tell us you want to win vip tickets at teshmedia.com Connie, I want to share a, a Facebook post that uh, you can never tell what's going to happen on the Facebook page. And we have um, 900,000 of you guys that are in, involved. And, uh, but we put up a post, and I'm so glad that it, that it blew up. And, of course, the definition of blowing up is that 1,406,000 people were, were reached and so many wow. comments and shares. And it was basically a quote from C.S. Lewis, who happens to be uh, one of our favorite authors. And, and Mike D. found this quote, Connie. I didn't, I didn't ask him to do it. No, but ask, ask Betsy. Mike D. just found this quote, and he put it up here from C.S. Lewis. When we lose one blessing, another is often most unexpectedly given in its place. Most unexpectedly given in its place. When we lose one blessing, there's another one. Um, so Mary Sawicki writes, I think the problem is sometimes we don't realize it was a blessing at first, but later down the line, uh, we figure out it really was. Mike Sanford writes, very true. When one door closes... Another, right. another, another well, That's oh. is another, a more eloquent way of saying yeah. when God closes a door, he opens a window right, or, right, or right. when one door closes. But it's always so difficult when you're in the middle of a tribulation to appreciate it and thank God for it. It's afterwards where you see, oh, you know, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have the strength, I wouldn't have the blessings that I have now. Later, you can get on your knees and say thank you yeah, yeah, for the tribulation, yeah. but it's really hard when you're going through it. Well, it's hard, but you're supposed it. to. And yeah. let's and let's be more more specific yes. because you're you're still waiting for that other blessing to pop to pop into your life. Because I, for those of you who think that we're just sort of merrily going along doing radio and television, having a good time on the on, on the podcast for the last several years, Connie has been the chief caregiver for her mom, who uh, who ha- who has broken her neck, broken her hip. Uh, was given last rites, basically, and and you that's all bladder surgery. Yeah, that's yeah, that's when your 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 full time job. Strokes, and then a year and a half ago, and I've mentioned this before on stage. Years and a half ago, I was diagnosed with uh, with prostate cancer, and we got got that out, and now we're dealing with uh, with more you know more and testing. And my dear you, friend Pam, who uh, yeah, who hospiced in our in our house. So so um, I'm sure you see this quote, and you're going. Okay, God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. Am I back? I'm, I'm, ready, I'm to, ready for the blessing. <laughs> I'm ready for the best blessing. I wanted to. It's okay if it's unexpected, but just now's the time, God. It's been really nice for me because I watch what you go through and I think, man, I was complaining about changing diapers this morning. <laughs> Not so bad. Uh, we love C.S. Lewis, and, and you know this. This reminds me 
uh, a much more you know pedestrian example, but I always give this this example um, of my professional life where you know you and I produced uh, uh, Connie live at Red Rocks and uh, you know in 1993. When Prima had just been, you produced born. John Tesh live at Red Rocks. Connie live at Red Rocks was not uh, <laughs> was not as successful. It's, yeah, yeah, but nobody see, wants to hear that. She paid for it. So anyway, uh, we did this special, and it ended up being great for you know, raised a bunch of money for PBS, and it's really sort of started my my professional music career in earnest. But uh, but what happened uh, three or four songs into the into the presentation? Rain. Yeah, pouring rain, and so the orchestra left, and we were left there on the stage and then the audience, the audience didn't leave. They had umbrellas up, but we just thought it was over. We thought, you know, we're going to lose all this money and never have a special and go back to read the celebrity birthdays on ET. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but then all of a sudden we started playing in the rain and that was the best part of the, that was, the, that was what the audience loved. Except you couldn't hear that the audience loved that because they had umbrellas in there they had and an umbrella, they couldn't clap. They couldn't <laughs> clap. It was the Mary Poppins concert. The umbrellas just went up, you know, up and down. But then after four songs, we just sort of slogged through and it's like, well, what, we'll, we'll just play the rest of the concert. We won't have the orchestra and it'll just be a mess and we'll never be a PBS special. And the, uh, the rain went away the moon came out. And uh, and that ended up being the, the the thing where they got the most pledges was during that that thing. And it was a, our, our pastor Louis Lapidus said to me, he said you were uh, you were backing into a into a, a blessing, and uh, and that's what that was. That was that unexpected blessing. It was and it would just happen to be a very wet blessing. And your purple suit didn't run. Either, Stop did with the purple. <laughs> Look, that was an suit iconic thing. suit. It was uh, <laughs> iconic. I would say you backed into the blessing on the pledge drive. Maybe uh, backed into uh, '90s fashion. <laughs> With the with the it was we call it an homage to Prince, right? An homage to Prince on a guy who's way too big to wear a Prince-like jacket. Yeah. What were you thinking? Were you, were you in, where, where were you? I was then? I was in, in I was in like junior high. I yeah. wasn't that old. Yeah. Or an homage to a certain did dinosaur. Your, did, Barney. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Did your friends make fun of you because because uh, John Tesh was your stepdad? Uh, I'll we'll take that as a yes. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's, uh, the high school I went to had a lot of had a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, put it that <laughs> way. Yeah, well, I had yeah Steven Spielberg and John Tesh. So I mean, it's like yeah, okay. So you're not gonna, you're not going to find a good comparison there. I, it was fine. It was it was great. The um, the it, it was so I was dating a girl and her dad had invented a board game and that board game had you as one of the oh, trivia pursuit it, it was not it was, it was taboo oh, okay and it had uh, you were an answer on one of the cards so it was like yeah, it was a yeah. conversation topic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, worst musician ever John Tesh yes no that was not the that was not the thing oh I just dropped it was it was Yanni's backup dancer in the end oh, John Tesh gosh. okay all right all right, we're going to leave you with with one last uh, a piece here, and this is really important because there's there's somebody in the studio here who uh, is is she's uh, she's gonna she could be on the smell game show. She you could blindfold her and she could identify any any smell. So Connie, you should know, and this is supposedly coming to uh, North America, but right now in Japan, companies are cracking down on smelly employees. Very good. Finally, so now they're accusing uh, smelly workers of quote smell harassment. And they're setting guidelines for hygiene. So some company officials said uh, the increase in sensitivity to smelly coworkers can be attributed to more women being employed in Japan than ever before. And women have a keener sense of smell than men. And cost-saving measures, <laughs> cost measures by companies are setting the air conditioning to a higher temperature. Okay, so are, you're talking about body odor more than you're talking about something used to disguise body odor and so that's where mu- you I have too have much problem. cologne too much yes. perfume is a big problem yeah. and I, I think, think it's any i think smell we should put place. regulations on uber drivers 
on how much I they cannot get into there, there's a, a self-regulating system something. there if that's a problem you can literally write that up and complain yeah no, no but, but listen we I'm, I'm with you on this and I'm sorry kid because I'm, I'm, a, I'm such a big fan of Uber but the last three drivers we've gotten we've had to open the windows and ride with our heads sticking out the windows so, so, so we can't a, get out though I mean well no but you can you can rate them differently and then you, you can feel so bad because you tell that's them that's exactly you, what happened I said are you going to rate this car and he said oh I feel bad but one of the things we can do is when we are ordering the uber is we can say no fragrances they seem to like these air fresheners and they're because, toxic well because they're they're trying to cover up the smell of the eight drunk people that were in the car last <laughs> uh, right before you that's the problem with shared space is that different people have different preferences right that's that and i think that's what the cool thing about what the what these japanese workplaces are doing is they're helping sort of establish guidelines that everybody can follow uh, I mean, like, there's people that might that bring home bring grilled salmon that they had for dinner the night before as leftover lunch. And they lunch. think Axe is going to cover the smell. Well, they of... think that no, they think that they can microwave it in the shared break room. And <laughs> if you've ever microwaved salmon, that it's not a good idea. Um, so, so there's some certain basic decorum things that people have forgotten. And so maybe we do need to enforce a little bit more. And also uh, maybe just turn the air conditioning up. Japanese workplace, you know, that way people don't sweat as much at their at their desk. So uh, be beware that uh, this this type of legislation may be coming to our, our shores very very soon. One more uh, one more piece of extra credit here because I, I think Kanye, do you have a selfie stick? We have one right here somewhere, don't we? We do, but I don't use it. We, we it seemed like a good idea at one point. But <laughs> you got to have it with you. You don't take enough selfies. That's the best line ever about a selfie stick. It seemed like a good idea when it showed up from Amazon. Right. But I I don't think I've used it more than the Well, you're going to love this because I mean not that you need any self-defense because you are you are a power to be reckoned with just with your just with your Krav Maga hands. Anyway, the selfie stick now has a new purpose. It can be used as a weapon in self-defense. In case you get mugged or attacked or whatever, threatened. This comes from a new self-defense class in Russia, and they're opening here in the States. Uh, tourists are often the targets of robberies when thieves see an expensive smartphone on the end of the stick, right? What is that, like six or $700 for a smartphone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the M. Profi Martial Arts Center in Moscow, they're teaching people how to use their selfie stick to fight off attackers. Their, uh, their course is effective against people who know boxing, wrestling, mixed martial arts, and other types of fighting. All you need are five lessons to become the Jamie Lannister of selfie stick swordsmanship, as they as they put it. <laughs> Jamie Lannister. He's a he's a knight on a show called Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saw the face. I, saw I didn't her see face the face. Like, I don't know who I Jamie is. Is that a baseball this could player? could be cool. We took ballroom dancing together. We could take selfie stick swordsmanship together, Con. Okay. You can get also, but well, here's my problem. There's different qualities of selfie stick. So there's, there's, there's some that are kind of flimsy and easily bent, and there's others that are firm like a yeah. baton. Yeah, we've got and, one around here. Well, what do people do? Carry it around in their back pocket? I mean, no, they, they were, they're retractable. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but there's a minimum size that it gets to. Where are you going to put that? I mean, yeah. I, some people put it in their purse, but a lot of people take more selfies than you take, so it's not, it's, it's, it's almost an extension of themselves. Like, oh, this is perfect. I like the fact that it's being outlawed in certain places. And have you guys seen the YouTube video? This is hilarious. Of a guy... Uh, he goes around New York with bolt cutters, you know, those big uh, yeah, leverage sure, yeah, yeah. And he goes to tourist spots oh, and no. watches people take pictures with their selfie stick, and he cuts the selfie stick in half and runs away. And he's going to get killed. Oh, he's gotten chased down, and he's, he's been beaten. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but it's, it's some and of those. Are those the YouTube videos also? Yes. <laughs> she wants oh, to see yeah. him be beaten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's available. It's amazing. Very fun to watch. And, and yet people get very angry and hurt him. I 
F-Y-L. Intelligence for your life. I've had a good time today, guys. It was great doing the show with you guys, my family. I learn something every day. And if you'd like to uh, sign up for the Intelligence for Your Life free email newsletter, you can do that at Tesh.com or on our Facebook page. And if people want to reach you, it's at Connie Selica, right, for, on, on Twitter. That's right. Yep, and uh, at Gib Gerard. Yep, G-I-B-G-E-R-A-R-D. You can also, also find us on our uh, on our Facebook page. Please let us know. And, and, and listen, don't forget, please, to subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes and, uh, and give us a big old five-star review. We will see you next time.